everybody, and welcome back to Health Pods. I'm Maggie. This is Ryan. And we are here with Kelly Hughes, the Campus Minister for Retreats here at Boston College. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for, the <laughs> thanks for having me. Longtime listener, first time uh, facilitator here with Health Pods. That is what we love to <laughs> Good to be with you in, in real time and in real life. Awesome. I know. We're coming at you guys live from a Campus Ministry conference room. <laughs> masked up but not stopping us only um, the best for you maggie and ryan <laughs> only the best for you uh yeah so as we're embarking on let's talk soul month in the office of health promotion which kind of covers topics of community relationships spirituality and your social life and we would love to hear your take on those things yeah i think to start out maybe we could start with um i was doing some research on you and i found that <laughs> during your undergraduate uh, yes. kind of life. You had a mentor who is a campus minister. Mm -hmm. That's right. Can you kind of talk about what impact that mentor had on you in regards to your faith life and spiritual journey? Absolutely, Ryan. What? Thanks for doing your homework. Although I'm still a little creeped out, but I appreciate it uh, being prepared. Uh, back a long ways ago, I was at Providence College as an undergraduate, which is a, a Catholic Dominican college in Providence, Rhode Island. And those were not reasons why I, I chose the school. And so it was really looking back a unexpected move to have found a mentor who was a campus minister. And now really doubling down on the cliche, being a campus minister myself, I can see it in, in, in retrospect, but in the moment it really came from a place of challenge uh, and uncertainty. And I had plans like so many college students that didn't pan out. I had a set profession that I thought was going to be it, PhD in psychology. We're going to go from there. That didn't pan out. I had a group of friends that I thought we had so much fun together on the weekends. This is a great uh, fit. This is what college, the best four years of your life is supposed to look like. But there was an emptiness and a disillusionment that said, no, these these aren't real, true, lasting friendships. And then for me, it was, it was end of sophomore year. And a close friend of mine uh, was diagnosed with leukemia. And so to walk through the real suffering of a friend, um, his family, to experience that on a college campus away from my own family and resources, I felt really alone, really confused, and really hungry for something bigger than what my current uh, college experience was. That led me to campus ministry. That led me to uh, a campus minister who walked with me, drove me to the hospital to visit my friend, talked me through breakup after breakup, helped me reconcile that plans can change and my heart can grow and it can be broken, but to love is the greatest thing that I can do and to let myself be loved in that. So from that mentorship, I, I, I would say it was just a space to really ask questions, be seen, feel connected and start to aspire to a relationship of faith and spirituality for my own. Uh, not my family's, not my upbringing, but really to see what my Catholic identity and a relationship with God could do. And when I opened myself up to that with the support and safety of mentorship, changed everything. And that's what led me here uh, to this point. So without that mentor, I I don't know where I'd be right now. Um, but I'm I'm grateful for the countless conversations uh, that that to me were the safe space to yeah to let to let the plans change and to let myself really be changed by it wow thanks for sharing that how sure. did that start so you have meet this campus minister and he says 
kind of helps you have these conversations. What did that look mm -hmm. like at the beginning? Like, are there specific things that you started doing or yeah. conversations that you had started having that you weren't having before? Sure. Um, I had dipped my toe into campus ministry as a singer who joined the liturgical choir. Cool. Uh, I love music and, and wanted to continue it. Uh, didn't make the acapella groups. So I thought, why not church choir, but was not something I was really excited about. I, I had a lot of social consciousness about being involved in my faith and somehow. And so it was it was a step in, but at the same time, I was not all in. And I knew that there was some kind of, there was, there was a wrestling internally that I, I was going through, but it was coming from a fear of, of being judged by my friends rather than of who I truly was, what I really wanted. So I met, I met this, this new campus minister as he started his role as chaplain at PC. And I'm a sophomore debating, should I be a leader in this program? Should I apply? I don't really know. Do I want to double down and really be a you know, part of this? Because so much of our involvement, our extracurricular involvement, really comes back to our identity. Like, mm -hmm. who am I in college? I'm still struggling with that. And do if I'm a leader, what does that say about me? Am I ready for that? Am I capable of that? And his encouragement through that process, um, I, I think it empowered me to apply. And then from that, that was how a relationship was formed. I will also say the domino effect from that was okay you become a leader in the choir then all of a sudden you're on a retreat then all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. you're on a service diversion trip like it, it's it quickly snowballed and so I I think my junior and senior year were a catalyst for a lot of, of campus ministry involvement mm -hmm. and then starting to take some classes around that too one of the most formative classes I took at PC was the psychology of religion so as a psych major I was fascinated but I was having this experience of faith formation that I, I really was living but i wanted to know theoretically too so to have that place of integration um and so and a mentor to talk about it with like i'm experiencing this i'm studying this my friends are like this it just to me it, it felt like the place where things were all starting to connect and i look at that moment of doubling down of applying of being courageous like that was that was a graced moment and i don't think I don't think it would have happened without my mentor being like, yeah, just apply. Come on. Like, it's not a big yeah. deal. You know, like, if it didn't come from that simple um, connection. I also just want to name, too, there's something that stood out about him. Uh, I should just say, too, his name's Father James. And um, Father James was real and funny and, and just authentically himself. And I hadn't experienced that from a faith leader before. That hadn't been my experience growing up. Uh, I hadn't had a connection of, wow, this is someone who's shown joy. This is someone who's hysterical. This is someone who I can say, you love Bruce Springsteen as much as I do, and we can talk about that. So I, I think that personal connection and that like lived faith was really, I don't know, it was compelling, and it was something that I'd started to desire for myself from that mentorship. Yeah, something that really just stuck out for me from the story you just told is that idea of taking the leap and the courage that was required for you to take on a leadership role or to grow. And I think I've definitely felt this myself. And I think other people at BC have to feel like, are you ready to lead spiritually? Like does like me going out on the weekends outweigh the fact that I might be capable of having a spiritual journey or something mm -hmm. like that. And I think that there's a lot of like indoctrinated pressure. If you grew up in like 
different types of like Catholic or faith education. Like you said, there's a figure, Father James was a figure of reality. And that's something I've definitely experienced through my involvement in campus ministry is just how real everyone here really is and how, how human we are and how that's a huge part of my faith. Um, but can you speak a little more to that that feeling of being ready or not, but but being ready nonetheless? Absolutely. I, I connect to that, Maggie, by way of the, the sense of inferiority or incompleteness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm making up a word here, but I, I think you're <laughs> with me, of, of being able to lead within a, a faith or spiritual context. I, I know that, and if I really let that take over, I wouldn't get out of bed and come to work every day because I understand and have walked with students who are grappling with the sense of, I might be hungry spiritually. I might have had some experience, but really, am I able to lead? I don't, I don't know it all. I, I don't have it figured out. I'm still trying to figure out how to bring prayer practice or mindfulness or just you know an attentiveness to God in my own life. How could I lead somebody else through that as well? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's it's the recognition of our finitude and our limits as human beings that honors the fullness and the incomprehensible expansiveness of God that says none of us can have it figured out. None of us have the corner on the market that says, yep, I know everything about God. Trust me. I'm the guru. I'm the expert. It's claiming my human limits that says, no, but I, I'm committed to the seeking and I'm committed to the journey and I'm committed to the, the lifelong process that is a spiritual life. And so to lead, to take that leap of courage, to, hit submit on the application. And if you're hovering over it right now, just hit submit. (laughs) It's not claiming this sense of I know fully myself or God or the way with which God calls me to be in the world. It is the commitment to showing up to say, I'm showing up for this in my own life. And I want to accompany others as they make their own leaps of faith and of courage to recognize the love and movement of God in their own lives. So Hit submit, <laughs> take the leap, get out of bed, Kelly, and come to work. Uh, and we have, and we all have days where we feel really close to that seeking and that journey. And there are also days too that we can feel really far away from from the presence of God, from connection with other. Like it, it's not to say that once you make that one time, you're set. You know the the sense of of climbing the ladder of education. You know this like okay, I graduated here, now this thing, and like that sense of achievement based on hierarchy is not the way the spiritual life works. Spirituality is, is relationship. And so there isn't the sense of like, okay, now I'm on level four yeah, of right. my relationship with God. You know, this is a lived relationship that has highs and lows and like apathy sometimes and difference. Mm-hmm. Talk about, I mean, faith in a time of COVID-19 uh, to, to say, yes, I believe in the love and mercy and hope of, of God, but, I'm having a hard time seeing it myself. So how can I share that with others? Uh, it's it's really the relationship piece that I would say is is the core. And I I can just say the the moments where I choose that relationship have been fruitful moments. But there are also times where I can actively say, you know what, I'm not choosing that relationship. And to be out of right relationship with God or with another person, like you, you can notice that within yourself, mm-hmm. and you can and start to feel like what is that landscape and how might I be able to change or grow in that. Mm-hmm. There's a quote I really like, which I think connects. It's, life is the deep breath before the plunge. And I think that, like, a lot of times, like, especially, like you mentioned, during, like, COVID times, during 
quarantine, I know for myself, especially like we get these feelings of like unworthiness or what am I doing? Because all the things that I used to identify by have been like ripped out. And I think that that can lead to a, this kind of feeling of like, what am I doing? And all you have is time to think. (laughs) (laughs) Too much time to think. Yeah, exactly. Yes, thoughts you stuffed away in the attic of your mind are just kind of creeping out. <laughs> I can't repress you know, them anymore. Like, I don't have anything to distract myself. Um, sure. But I think that a lot of students are going through this and similar things at this time. Like, what would you say to students who are kind of feeling this way? Um, and are there other things that you think maybe students are uh, struggling through right now, mm-hmm. especially? Yes, yeah. I'm there with you. I yeah. think is the first thing I would acknowledge. I'm looking at both of you, uh, knowing you've had formative experiences of mm-hmm. Jamaica mustard seed, of Kairos, of retreats, leadership, mm-hmm. uh, these very salient moments of the the breath of of life, like that that mm-hmm. that sense of this is the the breath of my spiritual life and how I express that. Mm -hmm. And in a time where that expression is thwarted or it's adapted in a way that it looks different because it has to, because we have to choose health and safety above all, but it is, there's disappointment. There's, there's loss. Mm -hmm. There's, there's grief here. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, look again, looking at both of you as seniors (laughs) who have experienced these, you know, programs have led these programs and and say, okay, now now what? Where is God? Where is God in 2020? I think that's a really valid, fair yeah. question. Uh, and I not one I have the answer to, but I would say the those programs that we have experienced and the highs that come with them are a part of the journey. But in in the times when we're not, we don't have those highs or we don't have those experiences. That feeling of then where is God? Was that was that real? Did that happen? Where am I? What is my spiritual landscape right now? Those lows can feel even lower now. Is what I'm trying to lift up, and to with compassion and gentleness recognize like God is still moving, even if you're not able to be on an APA trip this year. Mm-hmm. God is still moving, even if your leadership doesn't look the way you thought it would for you know a Kairos retreat off campus. Mm-hmm. My question for all of us really is, yeah. like, so how do we continue then to commit to this spiritual journey, to our relationships that come from those experiences, to the relationship with God at its core in this time where we don't, I don't have the handbook. Like right. they, grad school didn't teach us like, <laughs> here's how to be a campus minister during COVID-19. <laughs> so I mean, I, I'm saying this for all of us, yeah. like how, how do we take the salient experiences of a thing like Jamaica Mustard Seed of Kairos, knowing these programs are set up to point you to something bigger, to that bigger relationship, to that spiritual health and uh, and connection with, with something bigger than ourselves. Like, what have you found as resource or, I don't know, even connection points? You're like, this was close. This was similar. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I hear two phrases which are like OHP buzzwords here, which is relationship and spiritual health. And I think for me, a lot of my life and enjoy I'm involved with the Kairos program and that comes from those relationships with my lead team or with people who go on our retreat and I I very much see God in others and that's my my experience of faith I have a Catholic background um 
And I think that just the ability to continue to build individual relationships contributes to my spiritual health, which is something I didn't understand before coming to BC. It was still very much like big man in the sky sending down good wishes (laughs) upon us. And I think that idea that like really this embracement of not to get too into like the language of Catholicism, but like the kingdom of God on earth, like that was a huge thing for me coming to BC and, and watching student formation and Jesuit spirituality, which is really just like growing you as a person to show God to others mm-hmm. um, instead of just like God appearing in your life as himself or mm-hmm. herself or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and I think I would love to hear, obviously I want to hear yeah. your take, Ryan, but I'd love to hear for people that maybe don't have a faith background or Absolutely. don't have a Catholic faith background mm-hmm. or, or don't believe in Jesuit spirituality. How can we still, we still engage with our relationships to have a healthy spiritual life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think while well, you think about that, I think I can also jump in here. Um, one thing that I think connects particularly to uh, like COVID times is something I've learned while I went on a trip with Jamaica Mustard Seed. Prior to going on uh, this trip, and for people who don't know, Jamaica Mustard Seed is a community for people with disabilities in Jamaica. Um, and so prior to going on this trip, I was like, throughout all high school, I was like super focused on like self-improvement and like health and fitness and like trying to be my best self. I went on this trip and realized that in this specific community, which mostly the residents are nonverbal, they're in wheelchairs, like they don't listen to podcasts about self-improvement <laughs> or like, or like, bench press um but still there's there was so much love for everybody in this community not because of the things that they did but just because of who they were inherently and i think that that sense of like worthiness and that i'm enough you're enough without all the extracurriculars that now we can't do because of COVID, you're still enough, like you're still enough as yourself. Um, And for me, I think that is a really tough thing for especially BC students to feel, given Mm -hmm. that we are very focused on achievement and we tend to define ourselves by the kind of groups that we're a part of here, Mm -hmm. which has a lot of benefits, Mm -hmm. but also I think can confuse us from the fact that, okay, it's great that you're doing all this stuff, but also like, even if you're not, like you're still worthy as yourself. I think that was a big thing for me. Wow. That's a big thing for all of us, right? And, and, And Maggie, thanks to you two for sharing. I mean, lifting up these big questions that all of us are holding right now. Um, that, that say, okay, here were all the ways with which I identified myself and my faith practice, whatever that might be. Um, and without those things in place, and, and for BC, we have a very programmatic approach that without those things in place, what are some of the deeper realities that I'm coming up against? The conditions of love that I put on myself based against the unconditional love of God, or uh, the sense of I need to get here, I ought to be this place, or Again, that level the sense of spiritual life. Like, I got to get to level five. I'm yeah. still at level four. Um, and not being able to do that. Or, you know, feeling like the, the ways in which you might want to express that aren't there anymore. And I would also say, too, in, in the face of real suffering and loss, um, that whether your faith tradition is Catholic 
if whatever your faith tradition is or of no faith tradition, there is wisdom in your life in the, in the space of suffering and grief. Mm-hmm. What is that wisdom? I would say this is a time to go to that wisdom yeah. um, because we are looking at so many challenging things within our own individual experiences as well as a collective whole. What is it to look down, you know, a full year of a global pandemic, to look at systemic racism uh, and, its, and its ways that it's intersecting with this pandemic, to look at an election tomorrow yeah, uh, and, and say, what, what is next? Where is God? That This uncertainty and fear that we're holding is very real and very raw, and it's been sustained. So how to bring faith resources to that? Great question. And I uh, appreciate the ways you can name too. Like, okay, mm-hmm. we, what are the what are the adapted creative ways of bringing yeah. that? I'll name for my personal life. I have journaled more this year than I have in the past in naming the challenges of this season of, of COVID-19 and of this semester. I I need to name the loss. I need to name the grief. I need to name the disappointment, frustration, whatever it might be. I am getting a lesson I did not ask for in uh, Ignatian indifference and humility uh, to open my hands. I, I have this white knuckled grip on how I love to, you know, run a retreat. How I would love to, you know, have all the students in the room and have a, a huge crowded table with a full meal together. And we can't right now. So this white knuckled grip of of ministry and hospitality, things that I have come to so deeply value. I'm I'm opening up my hands. <laughs> reluctantly yeah. <laughs> struggling to do that um, but what, what is that process of yeah. opening up your hands and how I'm trying to bring that that to prayer I'm trying to bring that to reflection what is it like to in that space of freedom try something new be creative yeah. uh, I, I throw things up against the wall and hope they'll stick yeah. um, I, I think that has been a not just a practical you know campus minister logistics level like i think that's a deep spiritual exercise right now of all right god show me the way and i am trying to get out of the way to let that move in in this new reality and also think through okay where where are there question marks still of how this will inspire us to change moving forward because i think what's demanded here is things cannot go back they must they must grow expand uh, and how can we how can we think about that as individuals, as a collective university community, and as as a country? So yeah, I think yeah, I don't have the answers though. <laughs> no, I mean none of us do, and there's so much uncertainty. Yeah. And you mentioned Ignatian indifferent indifference. Um, mm-hmm. For people who are unfamiliar with that term, sure. can you give a brief explanation of that? Absolutely. Uh, so Saint Ignatius, the founder of the Jesuits, uh, is is I, I think the the voice of these of God in all things, of finding God in our everyday. I think if, if I were to name, you know, in a in a kernel, what is Ignatian spirituality? It is God not being limited, but, you know, infused and a part of all of our lives. So to OHP's point, to our spiritual health, to our relationships, to our social lives, to our involvement, uh, St. Ignatius is, is radical in doing that and, and bringing that Ignatian spirituality to, to all of us here. What I would say about Ignatian indifference comes back to the first principle and foundation from Ignatius's work, the spiritual exercises. And in this, uh, this spiritual exercise is the fruit of his own spiritual struggle. Like I'm looking at the life of St. Ignatius in a brand new way because of COVID-19 of what it was 
to see his dreams dashed of being a soldier when he was injured at Pamplona, to have a cannonball injure his leg and change everything. And thinking about the cannonball that's been COVID-19, he then comes to this great surrender at Montserrat and is inspired by the life of Christ and the life of saints. He goes, okay, now what do I do? And he ends up in a cave in Manresa. I'm totally spark noting this really badly. <laughs> so friends, please don't take my word for it. Look up more uh, for a more in-depth <laughs> history of San But in Manresa, in this cave, you know, the, the place of struggle and prayer and trying to reconcile who I am to become and, and what is this God asking me to do is the spiritual exercises. And from that, the first paragraph is saying, like, above all, our, our desire as human beings is to love, serve, and reverence God. And that means an openness to health or sickness. That means an openness to wealth or poverty. That requires open hands rather than the white knuckle grip of how I want my life to be and want to be in the world, which is really radical uh, today. And I think for Ignatius, the struggle of his own spiritual journey as well. So Ignatian indifference is not something we click, we have it, we set, we have it set for the rest of our lives. But I think living into that holy indifference, that Ignatian indifference that comes back to the place of freedom. I, I, there's much more to be said there, but I think that idea of freedom in your own spiritual life, freedom in your life as a college student might be worth, you know, uh, some more reflection. Where do you know places of limited freedom or pressure of expectation or a burden of, of what I feel obligated to do? Where do you sense freedom in what you're doing, exploring, thinking about, curious for? I think that's a concept of the spiritual life that the BC introduced me to that I had not experienced before. And I think that sense of unburdening and freedom and expectation does weigh on on your health, whether it's the health of your soul or, or your mind and eventually your body. I mean, everything is really connected in that way. And are there any tips or tricks or ways that you... <laughs> You can, I mean, there's so much that we can't do right mm -hmm. now, and it's it's really easy to focus on that. Um, but for those who may not be involved in a retreat, though that's her area of expertise. Sure. Or, Although or... you're welcome to join us for Pause and Pray or <laughs> mini retreats coming to Land and Chapel this month of November. <laughs> I know. I'll shameless plug at the end. Yeah, <laughs> <I'll be laughs> <plug forward. laughs> um, are there ways that how have you cultivated, you mentioned you've journaled more than you ever have before, yeah, and, and what are some other ways that you have or you would recommend cultivating kind of your own your own spiritual health? I know mm -hmm. I like try to make sure that I, you have to schedule time to see your friends now, which is so bizarre and mm -hmm. unlike, goes yeah. against every part of your nature, but I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, let's have a meal, like let's get coffee, let's to make sure, schedule you in so I get to have that, because seeing people in relationships is a huge part of my health, I don't know how you guys approach that as an extrovert I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm there too and I I think about okay how do I schedule my day coffees with friends meetings you know zoom calls how am I doing that within my own spiritual life as well can I bring that same lens of showing up to to my spiritual life I, I would say yes and if it comes to a recurring appointment on your google calendar go for it but if it's a you know realistic goal, you know one or two times this week, I'm going to put 10 minutes of quiet on my calendar, or I'm going to go for a walk and and break up the library room class grind and just shake the dust to, to be in wonder and awe in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. um, 
I also think too, this is something I struggle with as well. And, and I've heard, heard students ask, okay, but I did this thing. Is this prayer? You know, that, that deeper question of what is prayer is a very real question in the college experience. We talk about these, you know, Ignatian buzzwords like indifference or freedom. We talk about discernment. Do we ever actually sit down and like learn the ways with which that comes to life in my own practice? So um, I had a great uh, point made to, to from a student who said, you know, I really have a sense of God in my yoga practice, but that's not prayer. So I got to go and do something else on top of that. And I thought, interesting that what makes that not prayer or what makes a prayer and in maybe expanding that idea of prayer and reflection of mindfulness, like could we could we be burdened by the limits we're putting on our own prayer practices? Mm -hmm. And might there be an expansion that could you know, really bring new life in this time? Uh, so the challenge was, could you think about yoga as prayer and what would that look like? Um, for, for me, that connection of mind, body, soul uh, calls me to the place of prayer that involves all three. And so, yes, that can have the image. And we have some strong archetypes, Maggie, you named it, that like God in the sky asking good things for, that image of like kneeling by your bedside every night. If I can take that archetype and put it to the side and say, okay, that is that is something that I have learned, but it is not the lived experience. And could it be that, man, I feel free and close to God when I am climbing a hill on a spin bike and I recognize the 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 glory of the of God is the human person fully alive, to quote St. Irenaeus. Well, I'm feeling fully alive. My heart's racing. I feel connected to my body. My mind is being challenged. And from that, my soul is lifted. Could prayer then be happening here and now? And I would say to, to the Health Pods community, yes, keep doing that. Yes. Um, so I think that there's this one question that we like to ask all our guests. And I'd Ooh. like to hear your take on it. So metaphorically speaking, we're going to give Kelly a billboard and you can put it right in the middle of gas and quad so that everybody on BC's campus can see this message that you have. What do you think you would put on this billboard? This is a great question. Oof. I think my billboard would say, listen fully. I think listening and the practice of listening is something we all lose sight of in the pressures of getting things done, moving to the next thing, but it runs the risk of us treating one another as transaction rather than human beings. And, and uh, for the movement of God, for the ability to say, you know what, 19-year-old Kelly, you aren't going to go and get that PhD in psychology because you actually don't like psychology or you don't like research. <laughs> and listening deeply to the voice of God, to the voice of my friends, to the voice of mentors and family like that, that provided the space for change and trust and growth. And so my billboard would say, listen deeply, listen fully, uh, and try again each day. Just knowing the, the things we miss when we're not doing that. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. What a rich Love conversation, friends. Yeah, today we talked about community and spirituality and the ways that they intertwine, the ways that we practice our own faith life now in the times of COVID and when we're alone with ourselves, um, which I think really does connect to my body, soul.
And I want to give you a chance to plug your events that are going on for people who want to do like we said, maybe you want to kind of loosen that tight grip you have and say yes to um, a lot of opportunities that we still have on campus. So you want to plug some of those? Thank you, Ryan. Uh, yes, I would love to. Uh, from this space of uh, trying to make a retreat COVID friendly, we have retreat moments now. It's something called pause and pray it happens on Monday nights through the month of November, 6 p.m. to 6.45. So brief chance to come together to uh, practice mindful breathing, share an Ignatian prayer, have reflection with one another, listen to music, journal, free food to go, um, but to really gift yourself that retreat moment on a Monday night to help your week um, set off from a more grounded place could be a, something I would encourage anyone, all are welcome, so anyone can attend. The other is, is the mini retreat program uh, that we're starting called At the Table. And so we're seeking to build an intersection of spirituality and current events, knowing just how much is going on in our world. Uh, last month, we talked about uh, loss and grief, things I alluded to earlier, uh, and the experience of trauma, and, and what are the spiritual resources we can bring to that as we continue to experience trauma. Uh, this month, we're talking about loving across dividing lines, so knowing a polarized, a very polarized context and climate what is it that we can continue to choose love on an individual level and in a collective way? So Friday, November 13th, 5 to 7 p.m. Check us out at bc.edu slash retreats. Thank you for the shameless plug. Of course. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Kelly. Thanks for having me. And we will catch you all next time on Health Pod. <laughs>